right, so we're live. On the journey home, clouds melting gray. Can you see me here? Golden pink blush home and wash away. Won't you come in? Welcome to Divine Throughline. I am your host, Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I am here to be your guide on this quest to discover and explore all things spiritual in our lives. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around. And on this show, I hope to explore musings and perspectives on what it really means to live a life divine. I hope you'll join me. So let's just take a moment and uh, set the space and connect with each other. So if you can take a deep breath in with me and exhale. I'm just going to open the field this morning in sacred service to the law of one. North, south, east, west, earth, sky, heart, and space. I ask, command, and intend for the highest exchange according to the will of God. Beloved creation, please anchor this space as sacred in the living, organic light code. We are God, we are sovereign, and we are free beings. And so it is. Hi, Bradley. Hi. <laughs> How'd that sound? Phenomenal. <laughs> nice. Beautiful. It felt nice to sing that again. Such a beautiful, healing, meditative song. Bradley needs a mic. He's going to get himself set up. Can you do that while I'm talking? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So anyway, so welcome to the podcast. Um, super, super grateful to be here today um, uh, recording live from Jai House, from direct from my meditation room. And I just shared with you uh, a raw version of the title track from my first album entitled Mother of Mine. Um, an absolutely beautiful, beautiful song uh, that wrote me uh, some years ago in the early morning of the dawn at 4.30 a.m. Um, as a, an answer to a deep cry um, out to God uh, for some comfort. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, and today I just wanted to really connect with uh, you know, what does it mean to connect with a divine life and to live a life of meaning from a divine perspective? And uh, I've been on the road traveling with my husband, Rich Roll. Um, we were on a European tour for our cookbook, The Plant Power Way. And we traveled throughout Germany. And also uh, we were in Paris for a few days and then finished up in Boston. Um, and uh, it was beautiful, magnificent. Um, what an amazing experience to be able to meet so many of our listeners face to face and actually share an energetic exchange um, through um, I looking at each other, gazing at each other, speaking and um, hearing 
uh, many people's stories of transformation, of embracing a plant-powered lifestyle, and also of starting to tap into the deeper aspects of what it means to be a human being. Um, I always say we are uh, spiritual beings having a human experience, or uh, sort of the, the, the greater evolution uh, tagline these days is we are multiple uh, multi-dimensional beings having a simultaneous experience <laughs> and brad could probably uh go with me there so that's great um but anyway you know what does it mean to live a life of devotion and and uh, uh so many people ask me and uh for me it is the way that i find meaning and i find grace and i find beauty in a human life um, so as I returned home to my sacred, beautiful home uh, that I named Jai House, um, Jai means victory in Sanskrit, and probably the more correct pronunciation would be Jay, um, but I don't say it like that because I've just always liked the way Jai sounded, so I, I break the rules of pronunciation um, as I break many rules in my life. Um, so anyway, so Jai House is my temple. She is my family's home. She is the home that is peppered throughout the pages of the Plant Power Way, and uh, which is a cookbook that Rich Roll and I wrote um, together, um, and it's a family-based lifestyle guide um, and uh, plant-based recipe book with over 120 recipes um, uh, to serve as possibly some inspiration and a foundational um, guide for other families um, wanting to tap into the deeper aspects of their, of their lives with themselves and with their relationships and with their children. Um, so coming home to Jai House for me is, it's like walking into a temple. I was um, completely drinking up the energy through my cells since I arrived last night. Um, I was up in the middle of the night, had a beautiful um, chanting session, uh, was meditating and um, drinking puer tea and just really soaking up um, the divinity and the beauty of, of the spiritual connection that I have uh, with my you know, greater self and also um, through living in this sacred space. Um, and I think that a lot of people think that it's this big mystery. You know, they ask me, um, well, how do I, you know, how do I begin or how do I, how do I become spiritual like you are? And uh, we're all spiritual. We're, I'm no more spiritual than any other being walking the face of the earth or, or living really anywhere. Um, it's uh, maybe simply that I'm more connected with it or um, maybe I never thought that I needed to get permission from somebody else to connect with my God, you know, I, I use the word God, and I know it's such a loaded word for so many people. So I usually say God, universe, creation, force, you know, however you want to call it. But, you know, really just God in, in the beautiful, true meaning of the word, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, it's everything for me. I mean, it's how, it's how I live. It's how I make it through the day. It's how I reconcile, um, the suffering of human life. It's how I pick myself up um, when I'm in, you know, severe pain, emotional pain, physical pain. Um, so anyway, so um, I'm I'm honored to be able to share with you via this platform, and just wanted to talk a little bit today with Bradley because uh, Brad is my engineer and dear friend. 
um, very spiritually uh, attuned man with a beautiful, beautiful heart and an amazing, talented musician, singer, drummer, the most insane drummer you'll ever hear, the most beautiful voice you'll ever hear. And we are going to sing on the podcast together coming up and up, up in coming up episodes. Would you do that with me, Brad? Um, love to awesome that's going to be so cool so but anyway so brad so how is it for you how how do you connect with the divine in your life like what what are the things in your life that bring you to that to that space that's a great (laughs) question yeah like for me i mean for instance like you know one of the really simple things that brings me right there almost instantaneously in in an actual nanosecond is lighting incense specifically right. nagchampa interesting like you just associate that with it it, it right takes away. me back through i don't know how many lifetimes maybe when i lived in temples or something it literally drops me right in instantaneously and i was reading yesterday actually in this book um it's called the art of memoir and i'm forgetting the the author's name mary and oh, i'll get it before the end but mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, she was saying that, that smell is actually uh, the strongest sense that we have mm-hmm. you know, in, in a human body. But anyway, it might not be for you, but what is it for you that brings you to your knees in devotion? Well, I, I, I would say that suffering. Yeah. Suffering is, it's such, it just, it, it clears away everything it's mm-hmm. so you know i'm not saying suffering is good or bad it's just mm-hmm. it clears such a path and then it is just literally the my awareness in god mm-hmm. and me wanting see i'm asking myself which me am i talking about right so of course there are nature mm-hmm. and beauty and you know uh the people i love mm-hmm. being around people like you mm-hmm. you know bring out the, like I'm when you're doing a beautiful song I'm just sitting here in this gorgeous state of, of connection mm. so music mm-hmm. right music <clears throat> but I would say that you know what the the energetic like someone like you brings through the music it just whatever thought patterns I'm thinking about oh well, I got a technical thing to do it goes away mm-hmm. and I'm connected yeah, I opened my eyes and ear in meditation at the end. Right. It was awesome. It was. <laughs> it's perfect. And yeah, I, there was no thought involved. It just that that is where I had to go. Just dropped in. Yeah, just that's dropped a good in. sign. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's true. It's the, the suffering is what brings us close, right? Yeah. And I think you know, definitely that's been um, my perspective, a, a perspective that I have used and that I engage in in my life. And it's, you know, when things are really gnarly, you know, it's an invitation it's an invitation to be closer, to yeah. step closer. Yeah. Yes. And it's almost as if that force is calling you, like, come, come, mm. come, come close. Because when we are hypnotized by shopping <laughs> and shiny red bikes that our friends have that we want, yes. um, and sex, um, yes. not that sex is awesome. I'm a huge advocate of sex, but I'll talk more about that later. But I just mean like a sex addiction. Right or drug addiction, um, all of these sort of external stimuli, stimuli that really encompass our world. And we've been hypnotized, you know, as a, as a, as a collective mm-hmm. to think that we are defined by our objects, by our credit score, 
by um, however much money we have in our bank account. And then we walk around thinking that we have all our shit together because we, you know, wow, I really have some, you know, I have some possessions and I have some money and I have a good credit score and I'm, I'm happening. Serious stuff and things going on. Exactly. Some serious shit. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, life happens and you realize that it's just a complete illusion. Like that, that stuff isn't, you know, that's not it. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Like a little bit of, of money can ease uh, a great pain in, in your life and, mm-hmm. and that's good. And you can use it in a divine way and use it as an energetic source. Um, so that, you know, that's great, but um, it's the, it's where is your head turned, you know, and is your head uh, worshiping the greed? You know, we're all worshiping greed. We're, we have, we're completely turned around when really we are walking simply by the grace of God, simply our existence at all is by the grace of God. And by knowing that, um, the life is uh, so juicy and full and rich. It's a full life experience. It's not, it's not just, you know, um, you know, did you ever know those people that are just happy all the time? I, I call them like super duper people. Like, super hey, duper. how are you? I'm super duper. Uh, and it, it's... Um, I didn't, I never grew up feeling super duper all the time. So, uh, it always was kind of funny to me that I would see somebody always happy. I I don't find that to be a true experience of life. Um, I think life is a full experience and that in order to become, and in order to achieve mastery, um, we have chosen to go through a certain series of trials and tests and dark nights. Um, not that, you know, life is beautiful. Life is is ultimately supremely divine, mm-hmm. but where we are on this planet, um, it's 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 about the light and the dark. You think? Yes. <laughs> like yes. Yes. I'm I'm nodding. If they if you can see me, my I'm, I'm bobbing. They can't see you nod. No. So you have oh, to say the, yes. Oh, I have to say right. so. I, that's right. They can't see me. <laughs> he's nodding. You might be able to feel him. He's nodding very Did emphatically right now. Right. He's like yes, yes, no. No, so you know, I just think that that um, okay. So there's a couple things that I that I that would be really helpful, I think, to touch on. And and one of them, um, actually, I met a beautiful uh, young man, Jamie, from Northern England, to come to meet Rich in Germany, and just he made me cry because of his level of um, gratitude for Rich. And for um, my husband's podcast, The Ritual Podcast, and he listens to every single episode. And he's just such a young young man, I think under 30 years old. And a school teacher teaches autistic children and had taken two planes to come and see Rich. You know, he lives with his parents. It's not like he has money. It was just staggering um, to see. And he asked me in a quiet moment, he said, Julie, you know, when you talk about God on the podcast, like, what are you, what are you speaking to? And I was kind of surprised that he asked me that question because I try, like I said earlier, whenever I say the word God, I usually say consciousness or creative force or right. universe right. or, you know, I try to take that kind of loaded baggage out of the word. Um, but what I told him is what I don't mean is any organized religion. Right. That's what I don't mean. Right. I mean the spiritual force that is the source of every living thing. We all come from the same place the same source, but then we are very individually differentiated when we come into the physical form. And so what I have found in my life, the way to connect with divinity is by understanding that everyone is God, that everything is God, that even a horrific moment that might be, 
you know, an accident or death or, you know, uh, the, the greatest suffering that I think exists in creation is the truth that a mother would have to lose her child. Mm. It, at a human level, I cannot reconcile that. I just can't. I, I think it's too cruel. I think it's too cruel. And yet, I'm a mother of four and mm-hmm. actually five, uh, but um, I have four children of my own and my nephew also lives with me and is a son in, in every respect to me. Um, but you know, when I watch the news or I hear of a tragedy or someone dying, every single person that dies is some mother's child. Yes. Every single one. And if I can't reconcile that on a human level, I'm just not okay with the entire human play. Right. <laughs> That's, it's profound for me. Right. And so the only way that I can reconcile it is by merging with a divine perspective and understanding that um, we all have roles or contracts to play with each other that are uh, designed and as we come in it's the interaction and it's how we access the greater aspects of ourselves in the face of tragedy in the face of horror in the face of beauty also so in the face of immense creativity so um it's for me I, i can't walk on the planet disconnected from that fact it's an no, impossibility. No. And so that is why I live a life of devotion. I, I live a life of devotion because um, it's essential to me being here in a body. That, that is, that's profound. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, do, do you, did you ever think about, I mean, you think about that. I'm you think about stuff like thinking that. Thinking about it, well, I, I a, a dear friend of mine, her aunt mm-hmm. lost a child tragically uh yesterday or the day before oh and oh, so that and, and and the story that she that she told me that the just like she said her family is in just unbelievable pain and so you telling me this i'm i'm just mm-hmm. i'm just holding it and and mm-hmm. uh in this way that i'm just you know holding in this space for them because I, I i can't even begin to to imagine and also what is so what really exemplifies your your point is how parents can go through these tragedies and then come forward with this greater sense of their connection to to God and their their heart opens to this level of like forgiveness that I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it does go that way. Doesn't always, right? And sometimes it doesn't actually. Right. And you know, I had um, I had a very profound experience in my life with a with a dear dear friend of mine actually my best friend at the time and um her four-year-old son drowned Mm -hmm. and i was the one that was with her when she woke woke up screaming in the morning and i could not um i was there rich and i were there we were beside them and it was interesting to me the entire experience because I had a lot of parents come up to me and thank me profusely for what I was doing. Um, and it was because they couldn't bear to do it themselves. Right. And uh, I don't understand that. Like, I, I do not understand that, that mechanism that would make someone unable to stand there for their neighbor through that. Um, 
I was younger and sort of maybe uh, uh, I was overly open. I took more of that experience into my being um, now that I'm a little bit more mature and more seasoned. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have uh, had more of an energetic boundary around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't regret it. It was, it, was, it was my role. It was my contract. And mm-hmm. I'm certain we're connected through many lifetimes. Um, it, was a, it was an honor and it was a privilege. Um, however, I, I wasn't as good of a healer as I could have been had I kept my boundary intact because I became a little bit blurred sure. for, a, for, a, for a short time. Um, but it was this sacred moment that, to me, that brought me it, uh, to my knees completely. And, you know, being a, a, a woman of privilege, someone who was born in, you know, the modern world and I never, you know, was homeless or, you know, suffered without you know, a blanket or, you know, I'm from a middle-class family and I have my pains and my sufferings, you know, but on a global scale, it's, you know, it's not like I was born in a war, war time or something like that. And I have this aspect about my personality where I'm super positive. Like I'm very, very, I have a very positive outlook, which makes me very Mm -hmm. resilient. And I can take like a lot of pressure because I can always find the, the morsel, the silver lining. I can always find the positive spin. And when this happened, um, there was no positive spin. There, there was nothing that could be said. No. There's no word you can say. No. All you can do is sit there and hold the experience the in experience. your present. Yep. Hold the agony and the horror. That's all you can do. And also what I would say, what I've learned, is that to understand that these beings had this contract together, and this is their sacred moment Mm. it's their opportunity to come closer to their source to who they are and if it's their time and then that will happen you know and possibly they a a lot of people end up doing things for the collective they end up going into service and doing you know greater things and then oftentimes maybe for a time somebody might uh you know if you're a sex addict or you're a drug addict or you're um, you know, uh, uh, you suffer from, you know, mental illness or mm. whatever your thing <laughs> right. is. If you're an alcoholic, if you lose a child, chances are you're going to go into that activity. So um, it's a it's a very personal experience. It was a very profound experience, and and one that I that is never far from me. Um, and um, and maybe it's part of what informs my. Um, feeling that it's it's just too cruel on a human level it's too cruel for any mother to ever endure and yet you look around and it's happening every second as you and i are talking here today right some mother is losing her child every single second so mother of mine going back to the song that i opened up with and i had this amazing experience of 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 becoming a singer songwriter and i had wanted to sing since i was six years old and ended up deciding to do something very different to differentiate from my older brother at age six because you know i had it all together and knew exactly what was going on um and later in my life um i was uh meditating in the middle of the night actually after being separated from a spiritual teacher i think we we talked about it on a previous podcast but um the songs just started writing me and mother of mine is the second song that wrote me and uh, it's an 
it's an absolutely beautiful transmission of divine mother energy. It was like, as it was moving through me, first of all, it has no rhythm. You know, it has no structure of a song, right? It's, it's completely, right. it just floats all over the place. Right. <laughs> so, but it has a, this pulse though too. Right. So, uh-oh, someone's knocking on my door. I wonder <laughs> who that is. Um, we'll see if they go away. Either If I have to get up, then I'll go answer it, but maybe they'll just go away. Um, so anyway, um, we were... Uh, um, the song came in and there was no, like, there was no rhythm to it. There was no, you know, and I remember when I recorded it with Stuart, my brother first, and he like tried to like put a drum track to it or something. He was like, okay, I'm just not even going to go there. And it's such a beautiful song. But as I was, as I was receiving it, um, there were multiple things going on in my life. I was suffering this separation from a spiritual teacher in a very violent way that did not go down how I wanted. And I was having all these doubts about my connection to spirits and beings beyond this world Mm -hmm. and if they felt me to be worthy and you know just all of these questions and at the same time uh my own mother suffered a series of three health setbacks Mm -hmm. and she was you know fairly old you know she's probably in her late 70s at the time and uh you know she had breast cancer and fell and broke her hip and uh, like a third thing happened and I, I faced losing her very specifically and viscerally at that moment. Yeah. So, and then I was, I was the mother of young children and going through, you know, a financial collapse. And so I had a lot of, uh, you know, struggle and tenderness and rawness about even being a mother. And so the song for me was so many different levels. It was, you know, me calling to the ultimate God, the ult- ultimate form of God, mother, divine mother. And then it was also me as a child saying to my mother, it's not time for you to go now. Mm. It's not time now. So sit down next to me and stay a while, right? Mm, That's precious. And then it was about me and my children. You know, when they were saying, um, you know, when I said I never had to let let you in um, because look at at your beauty, just Mm. in your essence, how you are right now and how we played the games that I let them win. Right? right and that what do you do right. as a as a parent <laughs> so it was so it was such a fulfilling beautiful transmission and it was really interesting because my mom you know at the time i wasn't singing at all and i wasn't the musician and so she didn't even know and i gave her this song and she listened to the song over and over and over and over again and and she healed. She became healed. Oh, and she's still here. Yeah. I didn't know this. And so my mother has told, you know, all of us that she wants this song sung at her funeral. You know, this this is this will be for her celebration. Oh, and gorgeous. she's eighty eighty nine. I think she just turned eighty nine on Sunday. Um so anyway, so I included Mother of Mine. I have a, a very powerful meditation uh, practice that transformed my life. And I recorded a version with you, actually. Mm-hmm. You remember, remember that day? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's many, many years old now, but it, it has aspects of, um, of spiritual practice that I find very, very, very important and very um, integral to... Uh, merging with your divine self. And so the first one is being able to drop into meditation, to actually get into a space where you could feel something other than yourself or your mind could shut down for a moment, like a second. So the first part of the meditation is a humming practice. And it's a maha mantra, which means it's a great mantra. And 
It originates from Tibet, um, as far as I know, but it's a humming practice. So you actually hum into your heart rather than it being an ohm like this. It's not ohm. So not exactly that, but it would sound like this. So what you, the difference of the two is the ohm, the, the, the air is going out. So you're ohming out of yourself. And with the hum, you're imagining that you're drawing the hum up from the navel chakra, which is also called the Manipura chakra, and you're bringing it into your heart. So you're placing the hum in your heart. And after you do this for some minutes, it starts to stir up emotional residue or kind of break down the walls of what's inside of your heart. And the answer to what you should be doing with your life resides inside your heart. And so if you're in your head and you're not in your heart, you haven't, you're not getting the messages. Like you're not connecting because really our divine mind is our heart. It's not really our head. So Nothing that's is more true to me. Excuse me? Nothing is more true than that. Than that, really? You experience yeah. that? Yes. Well, you are you are beautifully connected to your heart, which is lovely, 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 lovely. Um, so uh, the next tract is the first song, actually, that wrote me, and it's, it's a Ganapati mantra. Um, and uh, Ganapati, or Ganesh, is the elephant god um, in yogi tradition, and he is the remover of obstacles. So he is playful, spontaneous, ready for anything, fierce, and you know, really can overcome anything. And so um, I actually was hearing these three harmonies, you know, through my meditation. And at the time I didn't, there was no iPhone or a garage band, and so I was using a rudimentary tape recorder and you know, singing on top, singing the other parts on top of each other. So anyway, um, you just listen to the Ganesh mantra um, and and imagine a lotus or a blue flame or a flower inside your heart after you stopped humming. And then the third aspect is a sealing technique. Um, And I really feel this is a key, key, key part of spiritual responsibility, of being well, of being whole, of being the ultimate green self-sustainable ecosystem is knowing and understanding that you are more than a human body. And when you understand this and when you accept responsibility and you um, take the, the action to start to affect your energy field, um, you will find um, your expression in life expands um, exponentially. Yes. So, and the thing is, is that many of us are walking around and we're very sensitive because we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. There's, there's no one that's, that's not. And we're taking energies that are not ours and they're confusing us. We're confused. Mm. We're fragmented. We have, you know, uh, pains and traumas from ancestry, from our neighbor, Jack, from, you know, from your grandmother, like from some dead person who's hasn't found their way out. <laughs> it, could, it could be anything. Right. And when you're not, when you're sealing your field, what you're doing is you're making sure that you're connected to you. That's the only thing that's relevant. The only thing that's relevant is you c- connecting to your own soul expression because your life is about you. It's not about anybody else. 
So when you learn to seal your field and you, you start engaging in these practices, you become fortified in your own energy, which is the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself. And ultimately the most powerful thing you can do for humanity. Because if you embody the truth of your divine blueprint, then you will bless everyone around you. Yes. Right. So the last step in this meditation, which is a four step meditation, um, is the mother of mind song. And I added it on to the meditation because it is just such a beautiful healing blessing that I received in my life. I cried for many, many, many months and even years when I sang it, I sang it this morning in meditation and I broke down in the middle. Like Mm. I, you know, luckily I made it through the, the, Mm -hmm. the raw take, but, um, it's very, it's very, very deep. And, um, it didn't, it came through me, um, from this beautiful, um, mother energy. Um, and, uh, it has blessed and healed many. Um, and I've received many messages from people who have had quite transcendent experiences with it. So, um, if you're interested in that, I will include that link, um, with the show notes. Um, it's called Jai Release. Um, and it's available on Rich's site, um, but will also be available on my site, shrimati.com. So I'll give you all that stuff. So anyway, um, hopefully that's a little bit of, uh, of some helpful information and inspiration of, of how you can start to find out how to connect with your divinity. And what I would say is you don't need anyone's permission Okay. You you don't need a priest's permission or a rabbi's permission or a yogi's permission or my permission. (laughs) Um, simply find a space in your house, uh, get a candle, find some incense, you know, find the things that resonate with you. Maybe it's a, a flower and, um, start to sit there, start to sit down for meditation with the intention of connecting with the greater you, the large, eternal, forever, limitless, boundless you Mm. that has chosen to come in and incarnate into this lovely, unique, Mm. only one of you in the entire universe expression. Um, And so um, with that, uh, I wish you peace and beauty and grace in your life. Namaste. Namaste. If you're receiving some healing and you enjoyed the show, please do donate. And check out my tools of transformation at srimati.com. That's S-R-I-M-A-T-I dot com. You can also find me at Srimati on Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's S-R-I-M-A-T-I. We seal this session into the lightness and wholeness of God. And so it is. On the journey home, clouds melting gray. Can you see me here? Golden pink blush home and wash away. Won't you come in, chocolate steaming? Don't let go My
you really. 